Hey, this is Matt with Nelso. I'm here with Brian Kane of DocBot. Brian, how goes it? It goes well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for taking the time to join us. So, DocBot, uh, let's talk about it. What is it? DocBot is IoT technology on your shoreline. It's the concept of ring or nest um, brought right down to your shoreline, all that convenience of technology. Okay, so convenience of technology, awesome. So, like, break it down. So, what technology are you bringing down there? So, we are essentially uh, bringing down security and convenience uh, as well as connectivity. So, we have built a device that integrates with uh, Boat Lift. So, you control the lift from your phone uh, and the lights from your phone. This can run off either solar power or shore power. Uh, we've added camp for motion detection and monitoring. Um, everything runs over the cellular network, so there's no need to have Wi-Fi down the shoreline. Um, we've built a lot of cool things into the hardware, like Wi-Fi chips and things like that, so we can expand in the future with additional connectivity right down there on the shoreline. Ooh, additional connectivity. Uh, I, I'm intrigued. What's, what's additional connectivity? Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of up to the imagination, right? Like, once we've, once we've got connectivity down on the shoreline, think of all the things that that you can do in your house, that you can control your lights and, and your thermostat and, and everything else, right? What what cool things can we do right down the shoreline as far as uh, streaming media and uh, additional additional accessories that we, we can control, all sorts of things like that. Sweet. So, so you you don't want to let the cat out of the bag is what you're saying. I've, I've, I've tried to keep trying here. So you have anything that you can share with our listeners on what might be coming there? Yeah, I mean, so again, streaming media is huge. I mean, you're down on the shoreline. You think about, I think about the way I used to, you know, growing up, the dock was a way that we accessed the boat. You know, it was a platform that we used to step into the boat. But nowadays, you think about it, you're down there, you're entertaining, you're grilling, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. But, um, you know, who, what about media? What about being able to listen to music or or having, um, you know, a, additional, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you. I'll try again later in the podcast. I'll leave you alone right now. So, so, so what what prompted you to start with this product development? Was it uh, uh, you know just sitting in your garage one day, or what what happened? So I was out on the out on the boat with my with my family um, out in uh, Chippewa Falls, and uh, you know we got to talking about you know there'd been some recent thefts on the lake, and uh, the remote on my dad's lift had broken, and things like that. And it was just kind of dawned on me that here we are in, in the modern day and we don't have any way to integrate this with our cell phone. You know, I think about everything else. If I, if I drop my water, my phone in the water, I go to Verizon, I pay my hundred dollar dummy fee. I reload all my apps and I'm, I'm back in business. Um, but when it comes to like boating technology and having access to the cameras and having access to your lift and all that stuff, it's like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta call your, your lakeshore provider, you have to, you know, get somebody else involved. It's not as simple as I'm going to reload everything on my phone. So it kind of just kicked off this concept of why don't we have that type of technology right down the shoreline yet? Hmm. Interesting. So has it changed or molded? I mean, how long have you been doing it? Number one. And then uh, number two, has it molded over that time? And I'm assuming yes, but uh, fill us in. For sure, right? So so initially this started, you know, I had this idea, like I said, sitting on the boat with, with my family. And that night I called up, called up my buddy, Jeff, um, who's a hardware guy. And I said, Hey Jeff, 
how hard would it be to build a computer that can do this right down the shoreline? And that's kind of where it started, right? We, we initially said, okay, let's be able to control the lift and let's be able to control the camera, be able to have a camera so that we can see what's going on. That was the extent of it. We'll do it over the cellular network. We had tossed around the idea of Bluetooth and other functionality and things like that, but, but that's kind of where it started. So we built this, we proved that it worked. We used one on, on a lift in Chippewa for, for the first summer and kind of proved that everything worked. And we're like, why, why don't we build something like this that we can bring to everybody else? Like this is kind of a cool, cool features and functions. And from there, it just kind of started growing into additional additional things and you know more people got involved as as we went on as far as solar panels and everything else that's going to be needed right so it just kind of started to grow from there awesome so you said a couple of things that uh intrigued me and i think our listeners would be intrigued also so you said the word computer what, what does that mean mm -hmm. uh, it i mean it's a computer right so it's a it's Think of it as taking a laptop and hanging it off the side of your lift and letting your your laptop control everything, right? There's cellular inside the device, um, inside of a dockbot. There's Wi-Fi inside of a dockbot. There's technically Bluetooth inside of a dockbot. So there's all of these things that you would expect in a computer right there on your shoreline, which is where the whole opening it up to your imagination comes in. Once, once you have network access and a computer right there on the shoreline, th there's no limit to what we could do with this technology. Hmm, awesome, so you said three things. You said cellular, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. You primarily use which one? So cellular is all of our, it's how we get the data in and out, right? So this is how it connects to the world. Um, but we put the Wi-Fi chip in there with plans of using that in the future um, and the Bluetooth chip in there with plans of using that in the future. They're more of a short range technology so you can, you can cover the area that you're in and use your cellular cellular to access it from anywhere in the world so awesome so if you have a place in florida and on gull lake for you know for instance you could have a dock bot in either location or both locations and you can get push notifications emails uh, you know on your phone how does that work so you could can you control your lift if if you're in florida can you control your lift in minnesota yep you can open the app and you can go right into the app and you can turn your lights on and off you can uh, see what's happening around your lift from, from anywhere that your phone has internet access. You have access to all of the functionality within DocPod. The, the lift itself, the lights, the camera, any, anything other accessories that we add down there in the future, it's all, all from anywhere your cell phone has access. Cool. So like when I, when I first heard of DocPod and, you know, talking about the things that I was capable of or whatever, I, I was super intrigued. I do not have a lake place. Uh, but I was super intrigued. I know a lot of my customers back in the day would sure appreciate the fact that when they're coming across the lake at night, it, with this functionality and this the capability of DocBot, you can turn on your lights from coming across the lake. And you, I mean, theoretically, you could someday change the color of the lights or do whatever and turn your lights on from across the lake to ensure that it is your house and you're headed in the right direction. Exactly. I, I honestly, when we kind of added the lights, I thought, well, this is going to be one of the least used functions, right? And the first time I took the boat out to out for dinner and was coming back it was like whoa i can actually see where i'm going instead of kind of guessing on the shoreline from you know half a lake away until i get closer yeah that's awesome cool how, how are you selling this i know a lot of companies go through you know distribution going through all that obviously i'm part of the distro on this thing and i, I know this but um are you using existing distributors in the industry what what's your intentions as the founder of DocBot? what do you what do you intend on doing uh, as far as just distributing your product, we, we've really we've really taken on to the 
the the dealer network, the Lakeshore providers, a lot of those people who are already in the industry, um, you know, the guys doing the hard work in the spring and the hard work in the fall, um, you know, managing customers lifts and lifts and docks. Um, we really want to give them an opportunity to kind of to kind of bring this to their customers and um, and integrate it with their with their offerings in their own businesses as they. So direct to dealers is what you're saying. Yes. How how does DocBot benefit a potential dealer? Um, so we are working on a dealer services program um, that will allow, for example, our dealers um, access uh, to see when a lift is potentially damaged or fails, the battery's dying, um, all those types of things, but also access to you know to, to activate it in the spring and deactivate it in the fall. And again, it's it's kind of an additional service offering. That we want our dealers to be able to provide their customers, um, so I really think that's going to be um, a big benefit to to these these businesses out there servicing their customers. Dealer services side of things, you talked about building the app, you know, working on that side of things. Dealer services. So, what additional products do you think that you're going to have coming out in the next couple of years that your dealers are going to benefit and ultimately the consumer is going to benefit? So we've again we've we've had kind of a lot of ideas. We've had everything from um, uh, speaker boxes for streaming media, um, uh, weather stations for for informational gathering down on endpoints, um, you know those types of things for the consumer. But from the dealer's perspective, you know we can we can alert dealers to when batteries are failing. We can alert dealers to when lifts have been damaged. Those types of things, so that. So that they're not necessarily waiting for their customer to call them to tell them something's broken. They can potentially help their customer before their customer even knows something's wrong in the first place. Potentially service contracts. Exactly. Wow, cool. So, okay. So dealer services, you're focused on the dealer. When I first started talking to you, Brian, you were talking about, you always mentioned the terminology, white glove service. Mm -hmm. Spill the beans. So white glove service to me, I mean, again, it means that the, the customers, I mean, customer service is, is so important in this industry and, and kind of making sure that the customers are happy, giving customers that service of, you know, they're coming up for the 4th of July weekend, and, but they don't know that their, their lift is out of service on Wednesday, so they don't find out till Friday. That to me is not white glove service, but to give those dealers the ability to, to provide that service to their customers so they don't miss their 4th of July weekend that really is a white glove service in my mind, right? So we really kind of want to partner with these these Lakeshore providers that are interested in providing that extra extra level of service to their customers. Extra level of service, awesome. And I think that um, everybody that that has that great customer service, and I think every dealer would agree, uh, the consumers that end up coming to your door and knocking on your door is a whole different level of consumer. And to be quite honest with you, I think today, that's where DocBot's target market is. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. What what phase are you in of selling? Like, where are you at? I know last year you were in Pilot. Where, where are you at today as far as, you know, selling the product? Yeah, so for this year, we're, we're really concentrating on Minnesota. Um, we have a limited quantity of, of uh, DocBot units that we're, we're putting into service this year. Um, we're really trying to roll it out and make sure that we can provide, again, that white glove service to our customers and our dealers. So we've kind of decided to take a limited quantity approach and they are available this spring. Depending on how things go, there may be a second batch later in the year, but we are concentrating on Minnesota and a limited quantity based upon what we can for sure service without, without any issues. Okay, so white glove service, dealer network, 
uh, 100 dealers, 10 dealers, 5 dealers, how many dealers do you have signed up that a, a potential customer that's listening today, uh, consumer that's listening today, where, where do they go to find out? Do they go to the website? How does that work? Yep. So we currently have seven dealers in the Minnesota, the state of Minnesota that we've uh, certified for installation and they have access to sell units. Matt, you can you can probably speak more to uh, to the areas that they cover individually, um, as far as what lakes are covered. Uh, primarily, it's uh, you know down here in the Twin Cities, we have a couple dealers, and then up there in the Brainerd area, there's more dealers. Yeah, right, and just a little little farther north of there too, right up in the Bemidji area. I yep. I, I think Docbot's stance on that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is look if there's a customer in Minnesota that we can service. Uh, we'll do, we'll do the best and whatever we can to service that. Right. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So other States, what, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Wisconsin? Are we jumping to Florida? Are we going to Wisconsin, Michigan, and then going, what's, what's your plan on that? So again, this is, this year is all about kind of this limited release piece. Um, you know, next year we'll take next year as it comes. Um, but I would really like to see the Midwest opened up, you know, next year, as far as additional, additional users all over the Midwest. And potentially even Florida and Texas. I think that's uh, for a lease with a computer down at the shoreline. I think that's a that's a whatever. That's it's good, and I think you're taking the nice, slow, progressive approach to it. I think I think it's going to be great. So, two questions I have for you: computer on the shoreline. I think some customers are probably like consumers are like, uh, is it durable? Talk talk to us a little bit about the construction of the dock pond itself. Yep. So the reason the reason I called Jeff on my first uh, on my first approach in this in this conversation is Jeff works in his background is ruggedized uh, computer designs. Um, uh, he works for a company where they design system to systems to survive all sorts of different scenarios, uh, industrial applications, outdoor applications, all that type of all that type of stuff. So he has a kind of a special niche in developing hardware specifically to survive the rough scenarios that we get. We're designed to survive everything from the hot and cold swings of Minnesota down to the saltwater scenarios of the shoreline. So is is a dock bot waterproof? Uh, 100%. There's an IP rating <laughs> that's associated with our dock bot, um, but ultimately it's designed to be drenched, rained on, um, theoretically dropped in the water. I mean, this is pretty darn watertight. I would, I would hazard to say it's more watertight than your average um, technology in this industry as of today. <laughs> I, I I love the uh, absolutely it is, <laughs> but here's here's the caveat. <laughs> let's let's talk about solar panels. American made, the need in the industry. Uh, I went out and showed to Andy a dockbot unit this morning out in the yard. Uh, twin forty five watt obsidian panels, two panels converted to a twenty four volt system. It's hard to say, but I mean they really go up the you know the the charging systems of these American made panels. Uh, what's what's your take on the solar panels and, and what what the future holds for the shoreline because of the you know the basically the partnership that Docbot's made with with the manufacturer. So so I'm excited for that that piece. Um, you know when we first started this, we were Ch Chinese imported solar panels. I mean I mean they worked. They solved our problems to get things going and testing and that type of thing. But <clears throat> to see the quality of quality of panel that we're getting out of our American manufacturers. It's, it's amazing uh, what we're seeing out of them. So I'm excited for it from that perspective. I don't think in general, this industry is, you know, it's a lot of, you know, Chinese import 10 watt, 20 watt panels. Yes, they work, but are they the best? 
I, I would I would say no. Um, they work for a lot of things today, but we're, again, we're trying to kind of push the limits in in what's uh, what's acceptable and what's you know what's the best for what we're trying to do. So what does what does DocBot require? Yeah, so we are looking to do 90 watts per device and camera. Um, so the panels are significantly larger than what you're seeing out there now. Most things are 10 and 20 watts. Uh, there's a couple of 40, 45 range uh, watts available, but we're basically doubling it up and going down to going to 90 watt minimum for our systems. A, a particular reason, or what are you thinking? Again, we're you know if you think about the way uh, Lyft runs today, it's uh, the motor is used you know only when you go up and down. We're doing we're using the battery for motion detection, that computer is always running. So we have a, we have, we can generally have a larger, a higher power requirement than the existing technology. So that's a big part of it. But we also just want to make sure that, you know, when the customer goes down to the lift, that the, the battery is fully charged, that there's never that conversation of, ah, we got to bust out the, the manual crank because the, the motor's dead, the battery's dead. I read the back of the back of the panels. And, you know, the manufacturer specs out, says, you know, a 90 watt panel is putting about five amp, amps of charge. Uh, that's a ton of power, five amps of charge. And I, I put that voltmeter on that one this morning, like I said, and I, it, it's putting out more than that. So, you know, there's all this power down the shoreline. I've been a Doc Lift guy. The first thing I think of is, hey, maybe I don't have to run power cords anymore. Is there any, uh, anything in the pipeline for that? Yeah, so, I mean, Matt, you and I have had this conversation. I really don't like AC power on the shoreline. I get it. That's what people have been doing for a long time. But but the whole electric shock drowning conversation is just not one that I really like. So solar is, I mean, it's low voltage. It's, there's no concern of that type of conversation. So from a safety aspect, we're gaining that as well by not requiring that shore power. So just in, in wrapping up, Brian, unless you got anything else, you know, Looking back on where you started, what's going on, where you're at today, what is something you wish you would have known when you first started? Yeah, so um, this is a good question. Um, you know, my, my my background before this was consulting, right? So I spent a lot of time explaining to people more than listening. Um, so honestly, listening is one of the things that I really wish I would have from day one kind of kind of taken into account listening to people's ideas and kind of ways to ways to make things better. I think that's kind of um, one of the things that I've learned a lot in the last three years is how to how to listen and, and take people's advice into into what we're doing. I think that's a great response. <laughs> uh, and, and to be honest with you, for the people that don't know you, I, I've seen you actually exude that. Like you, you say that, but you actually do mean that. that that's pretty cool. So, well, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Is there anything you uh, want to touch on before uh, before we get out this podcast? Uh, no, I guess I just, again, thanks for having me. Um, I've been super excited to listen to your podcast week over week, so thanks for doing that. Um, and thanks for everything else is doing for the industry. This is, this is awesome to, to see and be part of. Hey, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for your help. Thanks for your membership in, in Nelso and and, um, you know, that white glove service that DocBot's talking about, we, you know, Nelso does hold insurance certs for DocBot that says, hey, these Doc and Lyft companies are legit and they have the proper insurance, all those different things. So we appreciate the partnership likewise. So for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brian. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, you guys as well. All right. Bye. Bye.